0: The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. Legendary films and TV shows or just pure shit. the legendary host, Dr. Brian Sovereign, Sovereign at the Movies. The man of tomorrow is here to talk about something that I, frankly, never thought I'd talk about. Um, and, and actually, it's also by request. Uh, if you're in the Sovereign Tech Telegram group, of course, if you want to join that link is in the show notes. Uh, it was by request there uh, for me to talk about this. Um, I had actually in the Telegram group shared ahead of time. Uh, the chance that some news would be popping up, uh, on September 27th, 2021. Now I was able to share this news happening because on Patreon, I am a very, the lowest level only because that's what I have to do. (laughs) I'd love to, I'd love to give him more because he's done so much for me. Um, I am a lowest level supporter of J. Michael Straczynski, who I have often called God um, on this, on the show. And certainly with my dear friend and also J. Michael Straczynski's or Joe Straczynski, uh, Joe's friend, Harlan Ellison, the friend we shared, um, you know, since he's no longer with us, you know, <laughs> that title of God goes on to Joe, uh, when, when Harlan had it before. And if, uh, you don't think Harlan was God, believe me, he would tell you as much that he was. So I'm a supporter of Joe Straczynski. Um, the reason I'm a supporter of Joe Straczynski is, well, I mean, there's actually more reasons than one now later in my life, but the original reason is because he is the almost sole writer, you know, out of so many, you know, out of like what, 110 episodes, uh, (laughs) he wrote shy of a hundred of them, um, as well as the, like the six TV movies, uh, of what I have called the greatest show in television history. That being Babylon five. Now, most people will know my voice calling Babylon five, the greatest show in television history, because in sovereign Tech's 10 year run for most of that 10 years, I have run an ad that I've custom made for the show. I have run an ad for Babylon five on sovereign tech that would run, you know, between interstitials. Um, I am the only person I know that has done that. Uh, I have bragged and I'm happy to brag, of course, it's not bragging if you can back it up and I can back it up, but I have bragged often about how many people, the hundreds, if not thousands of people I have convinced to watch this show. Um, I've talked about how, boy, you know, maybe one day Joe will cut me a check, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I've gotten a lot of people into Babylon 5. And let's be clear, that ain't easy because as I've brought up many times, in fact, if you listen to the recent episode uh, that Ellen and I did over Star Trek's 55th anniversary, um, I had talked about on there. It's hard to get people into Babylon 5 because they got to get through the first season. And for a lot of people, the first season can be kind of slow. Now, that's a point that's important in what we're going to, to, to talk about here. I love the first season of Babylon 5. I love the character uh, of Jeffrey Sinclair who is the the main lead um, in, you know, in the first season and would later get replaced by the character of John Sheridan, of course, played by Bruce Boxleiter. Um, I can't begin to describe how much this show means to me, uh, how it has taken a hand in molding me into the person that I've become. Uh, And to this day, there is always every time I rewatch the, the entire series. And I do that often. Um, you know, in fact, most recently was with Ellen where she came away after five seasons and six movies going, Holy fuck. That is the greatest television show ever. You know, and she like me was a massive star or was slash is a massive, uh, Star Trek fan. Of course, not of anything modern, but you get my point. This is a show that warts and all, is, you know, it's funny to say warts and all, but I mean it warts and all is perfection. There will never be, and I'm going to open up this show because we know, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably don't know the news that dropped because the whole internet's been a buzz about it. Okay. This is a show that will never be bested, including in its, uh, uh, uh well, by the show that was announced. Uh, so or, or real quick, for those that don't know, Babylon five is a show that ran show minus movie series, whatever, because there were sequel movies that went on for some years later. DVD releases that happened years later. But we'll for all intents and purposes, we'll say it's a show that ran from like nineteen ninety three, uh, you know, to uh, essentially 19. 19- 98, 99, 2000, you know, I mean, and then there'd be, there'd be later things, uh, that would come out as well. Um, but, but that's the run. And I mean, there were novels, there were comic books, there was supposed to be a game that actually got really far in development. Um, this is, this was something that, I mean, because Joe Straczynski is so ahead of the curve and has been, you know, forever. Um, this was a show that really took advantage of, you know, the multimedia boon that was really possible in the 1990s um but now in 2021 we got the announcement i think variety was the official outlet that that announced it um but we find out that the cw you know that network with all those wonderful hits like i don't know whatever dumbass teeny bopper fucking show <laughs> you name it uh, I guess it's pretty well known now for like it's, it's little internal DC universe, which the only show in all of that, that might even be worth talking about for a second would be Supergirl. And more of that has to do with the supporting cast, uh, that has been able to, you know, return to some limelight within it, say like Linda Carter and others. The CW of course was originally the WB, like that was the name of the network, the WB and Judging by, you know, the amount of DC content and all that, you know, everything else going on with CW, they basically just rebranded it to, you know, the WB network to the CW. Uh, And so this is Warner Brothers. So why is Babylon 5 appearing on the CW? Because Babylon 5 is owned by Warner Brothers, always has been, you know, since back in the day in the 90s. And, you know, the CW is their network, so it only makes sense that it would show up there Admittedly, even though demographic wise, I, I don't feel like that makes sense at all. Now, I want to get into the details around this. Okay. And I have a lot to share with you that most people on the internet aren't talking about. But I want to talk about this. Uh, but before I do, you know, let's, let's talk about a little bit of my history with the show. Uh, like, I mean, I already talked about how formative it was for me, you know, what a big deal it was for me, um, you know, at the time in the 1990s. So here's the thing, 1993. Okay. I can remember the night, I believe it, it was, it was on Fox in 1993 and they were making a fairly big deal out of, uh, this, this network, you know, uh, uh, television, you know, the, this, this TV movie called Babylon five, uh, and you know, the gathering, which is eventually what it would end up being called. Um, I watched this when it aired and was blown away. And and you got to understand two things. Okay. One Fox, the network at the time was still pretty new. I don't even think it was 10 years old at that point. Very, very new. And so it relied heavily on syndicated content and content, you know, from, from other studios, right? It was not the juggernaut that it is today. You know, sure. It had the Simpsons, it had married with children, but otherwise it needed, you know, things from other studios. Like most of my life, I watched Star Trek on Fox. That's, and I mean, the next generation, original series go down the list. Uh, you know, they would air the next generation, you know, when, when, when new episodes would come out at the time um, and they would run, you know, like the original series nightly. And eventually when, when the next generation had syndicate was, you know, had enough episodes to be in syndication, it would run nightly on there. Um, you know, I, I mean, Fox really relied on a lot of, you know, either older shows that it could replay you know, or syndication packages or things that come from other networks. In this case, Babylon five from Warner brothers, this movie. And, you know, it came out in 93 and it was just like a one-off and I did, I thought it was amazing. I recorded it on VHS. Again, I'm like, you know, 12 years old basically. Uh, and the other part, while Fox is a new network, the other part to understand is that at least in the United States, There was not a whole ton of science fiction. Science fiction at the time was essentially Star Trek. And what was amazing at the time that was happening was Star Trek was becoming really fucking popular on a much bigger scale than it is right now. That's for sure. If you think people give a shit about discovery and Picard, you don't know what it was like in the nineties, man. People were rabid for Star Trek. It was a hot property. The next generation was one of the hottest things on TV. But everybody thought science fiction was just Star Trek because that's really all the science fiction there was. So for me, you know, little, little Brian Sovereign, I get excited when suddenly, wait, you mean there's other science fiction that I can watch on TV? Aside from the episodes of Buck Rogers and the original Battlestar Galactica that I could watch over and over again that happened to, you know, get recorded on a LARC, uh, you know, on a VHS tape. Um, so I was excited for this. And certainly, you know, that, 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 that got me like that, that really had me, had me hooked just on that alone. Didn't even really matter if it was good or not. Of course, ultimately I do think it's great, regardless of any kind of nostalgia lens or anything like that. I really still think that, that it's fantastic and there would be special edition redos, you know, not, not remakes, but uh, remasters, I guess you could call them that would get done years later of that first movie. Uh, Anyway, you know, go come a, a year later, 1994, and we would find out that, oh, there's going to be a whole TV series on this little thing called PTEN. I I'm not going to get into all that, but essentially it was airing on Fox, you know, at varying times. Um, it was like Sunday afternoons originally, then it was Sunday nights and whatever. And I'm not going to spend, like, give you my whole history with the show, but suffice it to say, I've been there from the beginning. Okay. And when eventually uh, they thought the show was going to get canceled come fourth season, uh, TNT, the network, swoops in and says, you know, we want we want Babylon 5. And so we get a fifth season, we get more movies, we get a complete re-airing of the entire series, actually a couple times over. And we even end up with a uh, uh, ill-fated sequel series called Crusade. Now I'm not going to get into the whole history around that, but after that, we would end up with, um, the sci-fi channel trying to do a little something with, with Babylon five, with a movie called legend of the Rangers, which is what it is. And then some years later, we'd end up with a DVD, uh, you know, direct to video DVD only re- uh, release of Babylon five lost tales, which was a little like anthology series. Uh, I mean, you know, there weren't, it wasn't like a whole series, but you know, we got a couple of, of really cool episodes out of it that I thought was just thought provoking and dynamite. I mean, I really, really, really like lost tales. And again, within all of this, we would get varying comic book series, uh, and varying novel series. In fact, the novels are phenomenal. Uh, the Techno-Mage, uh, 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 you know, trilogy, um, the Psycore trilogy, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a few of them and they're canon, which is really cool. Not all novels are canon, but, but like a lot of the later ones, uh, are now after that time, when like the, the fictional novels, you know, uh, when when those those stop rolling out, um, doesn't look like there's going to be any more lost tales, not much going on. Uh, you have a, uh, you know, a little, little cottage shop, I guess you could say. And I say that with absolute respect and veneration, uh, called B five books that comes around and continues to release, uh, nonfiction works surrounding Babylon five, you know, little, uh, like across space and time, which is kind of a, like a, like a chronology and encyclopedia. Actually, they released the entire Babylon five encyclopedia. We get like these little things, you know, that kind of come out and I just eat all of them up. Because Babylon 5 is just the greatest fucking thing ever made, right? I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's how it is, okay? You know, it's between Babylon 5 and the works of Olaf Stapleton. and, And that's where we're at. Now, you get around 2016, and this is important for me to bring up. We get around 2016, and in fact, I talked about it on Sovereign Tech at the time. And there are rumors... That there's going to be a new, uh, like there's going to be a Babylon Five theatrical movie. Now, a theatrical film, one particularly dealing with the telepath war, had been bantied about for a few years. You know, as time went on, you know, getting closer, say to 2016 or today, unfortunately, the tremendous actors involved with the show, many of them, I mean, pretty much half the cast, uh, uh, has has um, has sadly died off, and you know, passed on beyond the rim as it were. So 2016 rolls around and there's like, to the point that I think there were new, uh, 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 like 3d models done of like a star fury engine, even, I mean, like, like there were some little things that seemed to be getting done and it was, now I could be wrong about this part, but I was fairly certain that J Michael, that Joe Straczynski himself was saying yeah, there's a movie happening in the works and that it's going to be a complete, it's going to be a reboot. Now we run into the problem with the word reboot. What the fuck does the word reboot mean? And it is a problem. Okay. Because there's time, there's times where reboot means remake. There's times where remake actually means reimagining. like, like these words are so fucking interchangeable. They should have a set meaning, but they don't, uh, I'd recommend no one ever use the word reboot again, because there's times where reboot just means restart as in, okay, we're going to pick back up on the continuity. You know, we're going to start the franchise again, not that they're remaking it, but they're just picking up from where they left off. That has been that reboot for meaning that has been used many times. Uh, so anyway, uh, in 2016, it seemed pretty clear. We were talking about a remake. Okay. Of, of the series, not necessarily going so far as a reimagining which a reimagining you know remake to to me and and look people can argue about what these terms mean i mean i've seen like official lists from collider what these terms should mean i've seen official lists from variety what these you know and and everybody's got different definitions so fine you can argue with me about the definitions but i'll you know definitions is the beginning of understanding so i am giving you some understanding to me i mean a remake could be something like a uh, uh, psycho where it's Like there was a remake of the, you know, there was the original Psycho. Then there was a remake of the movie Psycho that was literally shot for shot. Now that's a remake, right? A reimagining is where you take some elements of whatever the thing was in the past. And, but it is, it is in many ways, a different animal. Okay. So it sounded like in 2016, we were looking more at a remake, not a reimagining. But that was a thing just to be clear. Now, what we're dealing with today, as of this recording, which is in the end of September uh, uh, 2021, we are talking about what sounds like a reimagining, okay, from Joe Straczynski. Here's, so now, historically, (laughs) I am not a big fan of remakes, even just remakes, let alone reimaginings, right? Like the the new Battlestar Galactica couldn't care less. In fact, I have watched it. And if you made it to the end of season four, you all know how shitty that was. That's what happens when you have no plan. The beauty of Babylon five was that Joe had a plan. Okay. Joe Straczynski knew what the fuck he was doing. And at the time there was nothing else like it. Like now serialized television, you know, where one episode flows into the other and it's continuous story and blah. Oh, I mean that, that, that's what everybody does now. But back in the nineties, no, no, that was brand new. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, I think, felt like tried to do it. Uh, they failed because again, they had no plan and I'm not like reading into that. It's a fact. They admit it that they had no plan. Like they, they had no idea what they were doing with the character of Daniel. Uh, there, I mean, just plenty of things where they, th- they were just morons running that show. Now to be clear, and this is an important factoid. <laughs> based on some of the things that Joe Straczynski has said recently with his new uh with his reimagining of Babylon five. I know for a fact that Joe Straczynski is friends with Ron Moore. Um I wish Joe would have given Ron some tips on how to do serialized television because he failed. Not Joe, I mean Ron. Okay. And I mean frankly it's pathetic at the accolades that Battlestar Galactica got or new BSG as I would call it got that really should have been like Babylon five should have been the name whispered in those accolades, not Battlestar Galactica because anything Battlestar Galactica did, they just, in my opinion, completely copied off of Babylon five, just like D space nine copy, copied whole cloth. Uh, or really, I mean, it was, it was just outright thievery, uh, you know, in plain sight over Babylon five. And I say that as a Star Trek fan. So anyway, in general, I am known for not really liking remakes. Now, when the news came down, if you remember that the 2016 movie news that I was talking about previously, you can listen back to the episode of sovereign tech where I talked about that and you will hear me be fairly positive about it. Now, the reason that I was positive about it was due to, you know, here's, here's, (sighs) you got, you got to understand. Here's what I don't like about remakes and reimaginings and reboots. Even if you want to, you know, depending on how you want to use that term, here's what I don't like about these things. 99% of the time, the original creator of said franchise is not involved, is not there to guide the ship. Okay. Now I felt okay about the, the Babylon five movie news in 2016, because it's like, well, Joe's going to be involved. It'll be fine. And also at that time, even in 2016, we had not seen the reality of just how much corporate control. I know there's always been corporate control, especially now, but at the time it wasn't so blatant that a lot of decision made, a lot of decisions and a lot of cuts and a lot of things done in modern entertainment wholly comes down to very specific bullet points that, corporations you know have to have to make sure you know happen within said entertainment okay it's miraculous and you can hear and read many interviews you know from Joe Straczynski where he talks about that Warner Brothers was incredibly hands-off with Babylon 5 in the 90s which is something that he was even seeing as rare at the time that he couldn't believe and that, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for, which is probably why we ended up with such a, you know, revolutionary show, both in thought and production process, but it is something that I'm worried will not come, you know, may not be so today when Joe gets into, uh, you know, remaking Babylon five, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. Or in, in a few minutes here. But as long here, here's what you got to understand. I mean, because in, you know, like here's something else. A lot of people don't get Star Trek, the next generation. Okay. Gene Roddenberry was, was, I mean, he wasn't just involved. He was fucking Stalin over that thing. (laughs) Like like he was not, he, he, I mean, he was fighting, you know, the network and writers and everybody know you're going to do it fucking my way. And, and, and that's how it is. Which, by the way, I I respect the hell out of Gene Roddenberry for that. I think that's great. He didn't even care what the fans thought, and I've applauded him for that. Okay, because you know, like when the fans were saying, "Get rid of Wesley Crusher, kill Wesley Crusher," and he said right at a convention in front of all those fans, hundreds of fans back in the back in the at the eighties, uh, late eighties, he said to them, right to their face, "You don't understand. I made Wesley Crusher for me." Now that. That's the right attitude. That's the attitude of a creator. Fucking right. Tell them all off. That say that was for me. So now I can respect that. Why? Because it wasn't Paramount saying that it was the creator of Star Trek saying that it was the creator of the franchise saying that. But let's be clear that the next generation ultimately was a remake It was a, you know, or or even a reimagining, but I'll I'll go with the term remake. It was a remake of Star Trek, of the original series. It was certainly a remake of Star Trek, the motion picture. And, you know, when when you hear more about the production of The Next Generation, you really learn a lot about this. Uh, Like Ron Moore, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he's on record as in actually on (laughs) Blu-ray. He's on Blu ray, okay, in commentaries on Next Generation episodes where he specifically states that. They were the production team for The Next Generation was told, you don't talk about the original series. Uh, if you watch the, the or if you listen to the commentary track on the episode Relics from season six, which, you know, James Doohan reprises the role of Scotty for everybody thought the whole, you know, Ron Moore's talking about it, as is uh, Michael Okuda and Michael and Denise Okuda. And they're all saying how, yeah, this was amazing to have Scotty on because beforehand we were told you don't talk about the, you know, the original series, even though yeah you'd get a reference in like the naked now in season one where Picard would mention James T Kirk. And you know, that's like, that's about all you got to connect it. Okay. But ultimately, you know, the next generation was, uh, Gene Roddenberry trying to perfect the star Trek formula. And there's a big part of me that feels that gene you know uh, uh would have loved it if the original series was was kind of forgotten i think by that stage you know there's beforehand you sure he loved it blah 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 and he certainly loved the fame that came with it but just a guess i think that gene would have loved it if the original series you know wasn't necessarily thought of yes there was a time that leonard nimoy appeared you know in unification we know about that but uh, anyway you my point stands, and, and if you talk to production members of the next generation, I, I I think they'll 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 bear out exactly what I'm saying. Um but I deal with it and appreciate it. Why? Because it's the creator. Like the guy that created Star Trek, this is what he wants to do. So, okay, go ahead. Just like when George Lucas wants to do special editions of Star Wars, go ahead, George. <laughs> like I won't stop you. In fact, hell, I like it when Vader says no at the end of Return of the Jedi. I I, I think that's a, that's a, a fine choice. So, what the creator wants to do with his creation, go for it. My problem with remakes generally and, and reimaginings comes down to when it's just some dumbass, you know, studio head or or boardroom that's make, calling all the shots, and the creator's not involved, and the creator doesn't have. Uh, as much control, creative control as they can. Uh, and so on. That's, that's where I run into issues with things now back to star Trek. Okay. Cause it's our best example of like a long running franchise. That's all also happens to be successful. Um, not today, but you know, at the time it was, it was really, you know, qu- quite the, quite the amazing feat. Um, eventually. And I feel like, you know, is, it, I mean, for however this shaped out and however this ended up happening, eventually, Star Trek would be loved as a whole, meaning that Star Trek would create this just giant timeline of continuity, you know, at least from the original series going all the way to, you know, Voyager and Star Trek nemesis and, and of course enterprise and that multi-decade continuity would be so hallowed that even, um, You know, even when we get to 2009 and we get the J.J. Abrams, you know, uh, movies or the Kelvin timeline, as it ends up being called, uh, it directly fits in with that decades long canon, which is partly why I actually enjoy those three films very much uh, because they pay respect to, uh, you know, all the work that came before. Yes, they do end up, you know, you could call it remaking, reimagining, whatever but they pay respect to it by, I mean, by having Leonard Nimoy and having our Spock that we know and love directly involved. And so it feels right because it's, you know, it, it is literally just an alternate universe, you know, with, but it's still part of the continuity and I can get behind that. That's fine. That's how you honor a classic franchise and a classic continuity while doing something fresh you know, fresh, but familiar, right? The, the, the age old paradox, how do you create that? In my opinion, that's the right way to do it. Okay. And ultimately I like that the next generation, even though I think in many ways, at least what we could say spiritually was meant to be a remake. Okay. It was meant to be Star Trek perfected. Ultimately, you know, everybody just loves all of it, that it ends up becoming just this, again, this grand continuity that would even get respected and continue on with, you know, theatrical remakes. So I like it when remakes can, you know, get done that way, where there's just tons of respect to go, to go around. Okay. Uh, now instead when you have, and I mean, I know they brought in, um, you know, they brought in Richard Hatch, who was also a friend um, I know when they brought in Richard Hatch into, uh, the original battle or into the new Battlestar Galactica, he was from the original Battlestar Galactica playing the character of Apollo originally, then going on to do Tom's Eric. Um, that, that, that felt like, even though they did bring him in, in like season two, right. Uh, that, that, or was it, was it later in season? One? Anyway, it felt like a little too little too late. And again, okay. So you brought in the actor, but. New Battlestar Galactica was sure as hell fresh, but there was nothing familiar about it. And it's not like they brought in, you know, Richard Hatch to play Apollo, right? Like they did with Leonard Nimoy playing Spock. No, they... They brought in Richard Hatch to play a whole other character who was actually, to some people's, I mean, depending on how you look at the series, really there's no good guys in in New Battlestar Galactica, which is part of the problem, is that there's nobody to root for, there's no heroes, okay, Uh, but, you know, is seen as a villainous character, right, a terrorist among other things. Now, as horrible as New Battlestar Galactica was, and it was, uh, you know, does that mean that I'm against, like, any remake or reimagining? You know, if it doesn't pay some kind of fealty to the original. No, not true at all. Not true at all. Um, for example, in in the animated uh, series realm, I absolutely love. Uh, in fact, I when it was on, I called it the best show on TV, you know, at the time. It's not the greatest ever, but it, at the time, it was the best thing going. Uh, Voltron Legendary Defender by Netflix. Fucking brilliant. You know, far superior to what, you know, the original cartoon was doing in the 80s, even though I love that, too. Um, part of the reason I think that that worked though, is that there really wasn't a whole, I mean, of course, you know, it's because the original Voltron was made from varying, uh, you know, anime series, but <laughs> like more than one, um, but there wasn't a whole lot of continuity to really fuck with. There wasn't a whole lot of like mythology to really screw with when you remade Voltron. Okay. So when you, so it gives you, yes. Okay. It gives you something to work with this really cool concept of the multiple lions and all this shit. Uh, and you know, that can work because there was no mythology to really like contradict, you know, cause I mean, the show contradicted itself and it was a fucking mess in the eighties anyway, as good as it was, as fun as it was. And really it was all about the toys back then anyway. So, you know, like that, I don't mind. Also, in 2002, when they did a remake of, uh, He-Man and the masters of the universe in 2002, uh, I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely. Two seasons. I mean, just brilliant when they remade Thundercats. What was that in 2010, 2011? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Wild. And I love both, which actually Straczynski is very much behind the original He-Man. Uh, I love both He-Man, the masters of the universe and the original Thundercats. So, You know, remakes can work. It can be done right, even when original creators aren't necessarily involved. But the difference there, notice that those are all animated series. And a lot of times it's fans that come in and do, you know, that are doing the remake, right, that they get involved with it. And there's also a lot less on the line because doing animated series is significantly less expensive, um, you know, than live action TV or a theatrical movie. But of course, also what we're getting here with the Babylon 5 remake uh, on the CW, this is not an animated series, but is there an animated series somewhere in the wings? Well, we're going to, the point I wanted to get in the first half of this episode here is that I'm really not against all remakes. Um, There are very specific criteria that I look for. In a remake for it to have. I'm not against all, I don't know, I guess you could say reimaginings, whatever. I'm not against all reboots. Uh, I'm really not. But then the question is how does the Golden Stallion feel about what Straczynski is doing with Babylon 5 at CW? Um, Well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it because there's a lot to break down that, again, no one else that's covering this news and from what I've seen even, uh, on Twitter, which of course, Traczynski is very, you know, Joe is, is very, uh, active on, um, a lot of people just don't know. They're not, they're not following the news here. So, (laughs) so we're going to, or they haven't been following the news, especially throughout 2021. Um, so we're going to talk about that, uh, but let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, is Sovereign Tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you, and if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard – don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The golden stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com. And we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Let's get back to the show. <music> And we are back. So let's get into the nitty gritty of this announcement. Um, and, and, and also talk about what's been going on throughout 2021, because here's the thing. You know, everybody's like, oh, holy shit. Look at what happened, you know, on September 27th and everything. There have been announcements by Joe Straczynski himself throughout 2021 that things were happening, that he was writing again in the, uh, I think the term he even used was official Babylon five universe. And, and we'll get into this now, how do I know about this? And a lot of other people don't. Well, like I said on Patreon, um, I have been a supporter of Joe Straczynski for some time. Um, he has, he, he was essentially like his, the purpose behind his Patreon, uh, I think he called it synthetic worlds, The idea was, I think, that that he was going like he was trying to do his own media production. And the hint that I got from him at the time was that it needed to be done independently because working with the studios, you just run into too many roadblocks of being able to say what you want to say. Right. Uh, I think even Joe Straczynski in the past has said that, like that, that fiction was like the last bastion of free speech in mass media. Um, and well, clearly he was shooting for that, but also he's warned that, you know, even in a a lot of mass media, you, you can't exactly get away with everything that you want to say. Um, though he, I'll tell you, he's doing amazing things. If you haven't read any of his comics that he's doing with AWA, uh, AWA Upshot or whatever it is. Um, I mean, Moth, the, 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 the whole Moth series, uh, his resistance series, phenomenal. Uh, I mean, really, really, you know, great universes that he's creating there that I hope he doesn't drop off, you know, because he's working on Babylon 5. But of course, you know, it's his schedule and his call. Anyway, uh, I am going to get into the announcement from September 27th, as well as what Straczynski has said after that announcement of Babylon 5 being remade, uh, you know, for the CW. We'll get into that, but I want to talk about You know, some other things that were discussed, again, throughout the year 2021, um, because they're important. Essentially, at some point, there, there were, okay. at first there was one project earlier in the year of 2021. Then when we get towards May, suddenly we find out there's actually two projects for Babylon 5 being worked on. There was Project A and Project B. That's what he called it. And after that, you know, then months go by, don't really hear anything. And he's a busy man. And he, of course, he was taking care of the Harlan Ellison estate, working on The Last Dangerous Visions, all exciting things and things that I would support him for alone, obviously, as Harlan was a friend of mine as well. Um, But things would be kind of quiet until just a few days before September 27th, when Straczynski let his Patreon followers know that, hey, you know, keep an eye out for news. Uh, I think it was 10 a.m. Pacific time. Keep an eye out for news at 10 a.m. Pacific time. You know, start googling Babylon Five is is what he said. And of course, I had shared that in in the the, the Sovereign Tech Telegram group. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about about his his Patreon here because that's where a lot of this information is going to come from. So he only, and I don't want to say only. <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of insulting. Um, he has, I mean, in the grand scheme of fandom, this is a small number, I suppose. But on Patreon, he has, as of this recording, 938 patrons. And I think that number might have been a little bit less. He does a little over $13,000 a month um, from those less than 1,000 uh, patrons. Now, that clearly highlights, you know, I mean, to, to only have, you know, a thousand people pay you that, you know, $13,000 a month. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? You're doing over $100,000 a year just on patreon I mean you know most people would would love to have that um, I mean at, at sovereign Tech's height um, I know I had well over a hundred patrons might have been closer to 200 patrons um, but even that you know equated to around anywhere at at the, at the high point around $400 to five hundred dollars so I mean you you can see you know how <laughs> anyway how this works but you know let's talk about general fandom uh, Again, less than a thousand people knew the information that I am sharing with you now. Okay, so keep that uh, in perspective as well. But I would certainly say that his Patreon is overall a success. I mean, if you're doing over 13,000 a month on Patreon, that's a fucking success. So the very first time we heard anything going on in 2021 um, about Babylon 5 was actually February 4th. Okay. And this is coming directly from uh, a Patreon post. And he essentially says, uh, well, I, I don't, some of these are really long, so I don't want to read everything. Um, but he does say a deal has just been closed for something Babylon five related. I'm not yet at Liberty to say what it is. Again, this is February 4th of 2021. Um, but there is now a deal in place to manage expectations. It's not massively major like a feature film or a new series, but it's also considerably more significant than a comic book or novel series. No guesses, please, because the story ideas blockade is as essential here as online, and I'm not sure anyone would be able to guess this in any event. Okay, so. <sighs> let me break a little bit of that down. And then there's actually a comment on his part to that very Patreon post. Well, you know, sometimes I miss Patreon cause it does feel like your own little world when you connect with people there. Some days I miss it anyway. Well, I mean, I'm still, I still have Patreon available, but I just post, you know, episodes on, on there. I don't like do custom content, but boy, that was really, really sweet. Uh, when that was, when that was up and running and well, anyway, things happen. Um, But let's break this down a little bit, okay? So first off, what is he talking about the story ideas blockade? So Joe Straczynski has a rule, and he's had this rule since the early days of the internet. He's had it since Babylon Five was a thing, back in the early nineties. That don't give him story ideas because there was a, a situation that happened where like a fan claimed that he made an episode based on his story idea. And, you know, it it turns into a whole lot of, you know, legal, uh, gray water, I guess you could say. Um, and so he has a ban, like he blocks people. In fact, he's blocking people regularly right now on Twitter because they're giving him anything that, that whiffs of a story idea. And he just, he refuses to deal with it or have it. So he has this in place and I understand where he's coming from. I mean, yeah, fuck copyright and all that stuff. Sure. But I get that, you know, why he cares about it and everything. And, you know, I mean, any, any venue that I am an administrator of, you know, online, uh, I always tell people I will ban you for any reason that I find, you know, like I'll just do it if I, if I feel the need. And so I certainly support his, you know, freedom to, you know, his freedom of association or to not associate. Uh, but anyway, that's what he's talking about is he doesn't want to hear story ideas because he doesn't want to get into, you know, the, the, legal mud about it all. Um, But moving on. So anyway, this is the first mention, to my knowledge, in recent years, minus what we talked about, you know, the potential movie news in 2016. This is the first mention of anything being done um, with Babylon 5 by Joe Straczynski himself. Uh, And, you know, you may be wondering, like, why is it why is it taking him so long to do this? I mean, something else that Joe has talked about often, uh, including on Twitter, is that Warner brothers holds all the keys, uh, essentially to Babylon five minus what B five books was able to put, put out. But again, none of that, you know, all of that was nonfiction stuff, right. Um, you know, more documentarian than, than anything else. So that falls under, you know, different rules. Um, but Warner brothers, you know, holds all, you know, they, they've, they're the puppeteers here, right? <laughs> like, like they, they're pulling all the strings. And because of that, You know, he hasn't even been able to do, say, novels, comic books or anything along those lines. So this was very exciting when this was announced. Now, what does he say that it is? He says it's not massively major. It's not like a feature film or a new series. So he couldn't be talking about the CW series that's coming up or that's that's in pre-production, whatever. Uh, That can't be what he's talking about, but he says it's also considerably more significant than a comic book or a novel series. And he says no guesses, but he doesn't think anybody would be able to guess it in any event anyway, what it is. So what the hell was this? Was it like a VR video game? That's why nobody would have guessed it. Um, You know, like because as we'll we'll read on in future Patreon posts you'll get some ideas of what is happening, that there are conversations happening with, you know, like previous cast and crew and whatever, um, you know, was it an animated series? He doesn't say that it wasn't an animated series. Like that's not one of the things that he lists off. Uh, but here now let's, so this February 4th, uh, post, he also comments on it and says, just got off of, off of zoom and the B five related outline I turned in has been approved. And I'm now clear to begin writing the next step. Looks like this may actually happen. Very excited to get the news out soon, but be assured, uh, you know, or be assured that it will appear here first. So he turned it in. We don't know who to who we don't know what. Okay. Uh, again, it, it's not a new series. So he's not talking about the CW series here. In fact, uh, on Twitter, after the announcement was official by variety on Twitter, Joe was asked, when did this happen? You know, like how long has this been in talks? And he said his first memory of it was in June. So that's official from Joe Straczynski that, you know, first talks of this new series was in June. Again, this post is from February. Can't be the same thing. So, you know, what is this project? Uh, let's move ahead in time a little bit. Um, and we'll get to, let's see here. Uh, okay. So then there was a quick update on March 4th. So this is a month later. Okay. That he makes another post and it's titled quick update to let you know what that I've been a bit or quote to let you know that I've been a bit quiet the past week, because I've been finishing up the new B five thing that cannot yet be mentioned, but I hope to have it out the door by the end of the week. And we'll turn around and catch up here promptly, by the way, it's very cool. Okay. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's something happening. That's exciting. No mention of the series. We're talking March, 2021 here. He posts under that and says, have noted this elsewhere. A writing deal is in place and I am writing in the B five universe for the first time in over a decade. Okay. So he doesn't say official universe. He just says in the B five universe, there's more to say that I can't right now because these things always go very slowly they request the draft, i write the draft, they have notes, i revise, it is a process. But right now everything's looking very good and i'm hoping something uh can be announced soon. So he's writing in the B5 universe. Now, when he says that statement in the B5 universe, it sounds very much like he's writing in the continuity that we all know and love, or at least i hope people that are hearing my voice know and love. Um as in it's not a remake, it's nothing like that. We're talking about he's writing within the B five cannon, uh, that's existed since the nineties, which has more or less been a really tight cannon, you know, to his credit. It's one of the things I love about it. Uh, but anyway, let's move forward to, uh, well, there's another post here on March 14th. Okay. No, there no real updates on March 14th. Uh, You know, over the few months of 2021, he was talking about how, you know, taking care of the Harlan Ellison estate and how, you know, there's a lot of victories going on there. Um, So but then April 22nd, 2021, uh, he says this something that's what it's titled. uh, Magnificent, stunning and totally unexpected has happened in relation to Babylon five. And then he ah like you type that out. I can't talk about it because things have to go through channels, and this is significant. And most of all, it's real. So I have to follow protocols, and it may, and there's emphasis on the word real. And I have to follow protocols, and it may be weeks or longer before anything can be said. But. And that he goes ah again, uh, you're now the first to not know what I can't tell you. But that's better than the rest of the world that doesn't even know what I can't tell them. So it's completely unaware of the thing that I can't talk about. Crap! Shoot me! Shoot me now! And that that that's his that's his post in April. So what is that project? He doesn't say. Now again, he said the CW first conversations were in June. So we would assume that end of April was not about this you know remake uh, or this rebooted series. Um. Moving along. Well, so, so again, that was April 22nd. Um, then May 26th. So we go about a month later. There's 2021. There's absolutely nothing. This is a quote. There's apps or this is a post. There's absolutely nothing to report at all. Just, you know, doing the writing thing, getting ready for three books to debut over a six week span. Now those three books are not the Babylon five project. Uh, these three books are, I think, becoming a writer, staying a writer, uh, together we will go and, and, and another book, but those aren't Babylon five. Uh, and he says, oh yeah. And talking a lot more than usual with the surviving B five cast, but I wouldn't attach any particular importance to that. Not even sure why I mentioned it. What were we talking about again? So that's the end of may getting closer to that timeline in June when, um, you know, that, 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 that he says he started talking to the CW. Okay was his first memory was in June. We don't know what date in June but in June. Getting close to that time frame. Now, here's the thing. So, he said he's talking to uh the surviving B5 cast. Now, there have been photos around, as I understand it, of the Babylon the original Babylon 5 cast like Bruce Boxleitner and others uh where they are talking behind microphones. So, it seems like they're doing some kind of voice work and whatever. Okay. Uh Joe will comment on this. Claudia Christian in the past week, end of September, twenty twenty one, has said that she has no idea what's going on with the CW show, whether or not they're asked to be a part. Of, you know, she just doesn't know anything about it. So the assumption would be with Claudia Christian's statement that, uh, you know, what was happening here in May of twenty twenty one was not the CW series. That it's a completely separate project that's happening, and it's something that, again, based on other posts from Joe sounds very much like, you know, it's not the series, you know, but it's not comic books or novels either. It's something in between, you know, what could that be? Is it an animated series? Is it a game? Um, moving up. So let's go to July 19th, nothing really in June, July 19th, 2021. Here's where things get interesting. And it's, the the post is titled 1200 words about everything, something, and that thing. So that thing we would assume is the thing that he said earlier, the B five thing that cannot be named. Okay. Or that can't be talked about. Um, but he gets into it and it's a very long post. So I don't want to read it all because he gives updates about, uh, last dangerous visions, what's going on with AWA. Uh, and then he goes on to, he gets to point three here where he says, as noted earlier, there are two B five related projects. Now maybe there's like other tiers on Patreon that knew about earlier, But we knew about one Babylon five project, but now here's another one. Uh, there are two B five related projects that have gone from discussions to actual work. The first, uh, designated, it says designed, but I'm guessing designated, uh, B five a is well into the production pipeline. Okay. The CW project is not well into the production pipeline as of, you know, end of September, 2021, as of the announcement. Okay. And nobody like the, the, the cast crew, nobody knows what's going on there. All right. So we would assume that this B5A is not the CW series. Uh, Anyway, it's well into the production pipeline. If you've seen photos online of the cast getting together lately, that's the reason behind it. They each did their part, got paid, had a shit ton of fun, and now the process moves further into production. So yes, this is actually happening. B5B reading on here. Okay. This is the other project is well, it's huge. It's something that the fans have been asking f- and hoping for, for a very long time. The process of development, ha- uh, crescendoed in a zoom meeting this past week with many important people who hate, who have the power to say yes to very expensive things. <laughs> That's all capitalized. Uh, and they have put me to the next writing step. My job now is not to screw up the writing. If I pull it off. Well, like I said, huge, weirdly, this should Should this go to the next step as planned, it might actually get announced before B5A. Uh, Whenever that happens, you will hear about it here first. So we would assume that B5B is what would come later in September, that being the CW reboot series. And his prediction that it would get announced before B5A would get announced seems to be very real or seems to be uh, prescient and true because we, we know nothing about what this B5A project that actually included the original cast, uh, was, we, we, we just don't know. Um, again, guesses, if it's something that people wouldn't like, couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I can make three guesses here. Like an animated series I think would be fucking amazing. There's no reason not to do that. Um, I I am constantly shocked and hope that this changes at some point, especially when we talk about like, you know, like Castlevania that Netflix has done, um, you know, or or even, you know, Voltron, like we were talking about earlier, Uh, how great those shows are and how they cross so many different demographics that, you know, you can do amazing things with an animated series and why, you know, a Babylon 5 animated series hasn't been done or tried yet boggles the mind. Maybe that's what was being worked on. But again, he said, nobody would guess it. So, you know, is it, are they finally finishing the original Babylon five game that was very close to being finished back in the day? I'd be there for that. I think that'd be dynamite. Or is it something new? Is it like a VR Babylon five experience? I don't know for Oculus quest or something like that. And that's why nobody would be able to guess maybe, but again, we know it was, it's not a comic book. It's not a novel. It's, also not a movie or a TV series, even though now we are with B five B that project, we know we are getting a TV series. So B five a I'm excited to hear what the hell that is because you know, the, 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 surviving cast is involved and they got paid and I'm more than glad for that. Okay. Uh, I'm way more interested to find out about that, but don't read into that yet about how I feel about, you know, the CW series anyway. So that's July. Um, of, you know, that that's July of 2021. So at that point, you know, here we are in the timeline, it sounds like, yep, conversation started in June. And then in July, you know, he's like got some kind of a green light where at least he's, you know, pitching more scripts or I- ideas or whatever. Um, and his point that it was huge. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than, than having a television series. Um, So we'll move up from that. Uh, and that that's where we get to really after July, we more or less end up with where, you know, towards end of September, he made that post that said, Hey guys, you know, look out on September 27th, big announcement. Here it comes. Uh, and well, <laughs> good to his word. It dropped. Now he did do a, uh, a post on September 27th where, I mean, it is a lengthy one on Patreon, and all of this actually ended up, um, in like, he, he also posted it on Twitter. He did a tweet storm where he, he posted, uh, all of this and he did make a response on, on Patreon, you know, to, to that post on September 27th. But since we're here, okay. Uh, well, one other thing I want to get into, and that was also July 10th on Facebook of all things, um, there is a, uh, a guy who was one of the, as I understand it, was one of the, uh, special effects guys, you know, one of like the CGI guys back when Babylon five was originally running in the nineties and he announced on July 10th on Facebook. Uh, what he runs like Babylon five, some behind the scenes stuff. It's like a group or a page or whatever. And he had announced that he, he was requested to, to upload some renders of 3d models. You know, he was up, he was requested to upload some 3d models and didn't know what those were for. Uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good guess, especially since it coincides not long after with that zoom call that Joe talked about in his July posting on Patreon that this was for showing off to, you know, the the board or whoever needed it at WB slash the CW. Uh, so, you know, there were hints there and people talked about this, like this, this got some coverage on, you know, more, more, more nerdy sites. Um, so there was that as well, uh, you know, that, 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 that was hinting at, wow, something's really happening there. Now, when I'd heard about that, I thought that that was going to be, well, that, that must have to do with whatever's getting created. And that's what made me think about, okay, it's going to be a game getting finished, the game getting finished up from the nineties, or it's going to be some new video game or hell, maybe it's even like a CGI animated series. And that it was for, you know, that, that he was asked to provide all that material, uh, for that to go further, which would have been great. Maybe it still is, but the timing of it makes it sound like it has to do with like a demo, say for, uh, the CW pitch, uh, you know, for, for the, the reboot series. Now, like I said, when I had first read the news, uh, of what happened, because you better believe when Joe said, you know, when Joe Straczynski said, Hey, you know, look to the sky, see, see what's happening on Monday with Babylon 5. Uh, you know, I was looking for it. I was wondering what the hell was happening. Now, when I caught the original headline from Variety, it said, uh, that it was a reboot. Okay. Now, like we talked about at the top, what the hell does reboot mean? Right. Because it, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, And then, you know, I had to read into it deeper and we essentially discovered that, well, this is going to be a remake to the point of it even being a reimagining. So I'm going to read from Sci-Fi Wire or Sifi Wire, as it should be properly called, (laughs) because Sifi has very little to do with science fiction. Um, But I'm going to read their story, their coverage of this, because it includes some of uh, Joe Straczynski's tweet storm. Uh, so this is from September 28th. Again, the news originally dropped on September 27th. So here we go with Babylon five joining the, and this link will be in the show notes with Babylon five, joining the long list of revivals and reboots currently in the works, uh, including more recent fan favorites like MTV's Teen Wolf, longtime fans might be a little nervous about what this could entail for such a beloved property especially one that really revolutionized how space uh, space set science fiction will be depicted or would be depicted on television. Uh, That first paragraph, boy, you ain't kidding. (laughs) I'm glad they recognized that, you know, longtime fans might be like, "Uh, what are you going to (laughs) do? How's this going to go? Reading on. However, everyone can uh, be uh, can be rest assured as not only will creator and now re-showrunner which that term doesn't get used much re showrunner uh, J Michael Straczynski be returning to helm this current project, but he stated on Twitter not long after the news was announced that the new show, which is in development to air on the CW will not be a continuation of the original series. Now here, see, Siffy gives you like, you know, they, they give you a little hope and then they just drop you right down. Cause it's like, wait, who, 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 who feels rest assured that, it's not going to be a continuation. Like, why does that make anybody feel better? Uh, Like you, you just, in the last paragraph, you said this was a revolutionary show. And then in the second paragraph, it's like, oh, but good thing. It's not a continuation. Wait, what? (laughs) Where the fuck does that make any sense? Yes. It's confidence building that the original the creator, the writer, the everything to that show is going to be there. Okay. But you know, the, the fact that it's not a continuation of the original, you know, canon continuity, uh, I don't know why that's confidence boosting or why that should make anybody fucking happy. It doesn't make me fucking happy reading on quote to answer all the questions. Yes, it's true. Babylon five is an active development as a series for the CW and quote Straczynski tweeted quote, we have some serious fans over at the network and they're eager to see this show happen. All right. So I'm going to stop there for a second. I could believe that, okay, that there are people at the CW who are huge fans of the show. And I've said this years ago on Sovereign Tech. I've said this before. I think that there are a lot of people in the know, in the entertainment industry, Hollywood, whatever, that they all know about Babylon 5. And they've been trying to copy that model since then, since that came out. And clearly you can see it, where Game of Thrones completely copied Babylon 5, New BSG completely copied Babylon five. The entire entertainment industry is copying Babylon five today, but they'd never talk about Babylon five because they don't want you to know how badly they're copying it and how they're actually failing on the model. So I can believe that, that there are fans at the network of that show, but they just never wanted to tell you that they were fans because then you're going to find out just how shitty everything they make is. Reading on. Yeah. I mean, you know, Joe Swazinski, Joe, if you end up hearing this by, by some miracle. Okay. If you end up hearing this, I hope you're recognizing how much I love you, man. (laughs) I I call you God. Do you understand? And I I mean, like I go so far, I mean, I I have fuck, how many books have I gone back? You know, (laughs) not even like your recent, but your recent books are phenomenal. And everybody should be jumping on those. Read his, his autobiography, Becoming Superman, especially the audible version with Peter Juricic, uh, uh you know, like do, doing it. Oh, oh hell, <laughs> doing the reading it, it, or the narration. It's so great. Um, I, I hope you hear that. And in anything that I'm saying like that, that none of it comes from from like any, 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 any point of malice, not at all it comes from the, the, you know, the the absolute respect and veneration of everything that you've done and brought into the world, you know? So, I mean, like, like some of the things you talk about in like becoming a writer, staying a writer, you know, about like little acts of, you know, creative rebellion and all that. Fuck man. Like you're so on. So I hope you hear that. Anyway, let's, let's move on. We talked about the network. Let's keep going. So here we go. I'm hip deep quote. This is Joe again. I'm hip deep into writing the pilot now and we'll be running the series upon pickup. Uh, so the pilot's got to get approved yet. So it sounds like there's a chance this won't happen. Okay. Um, the network understands the uniqueness of Babylon five and is giving me a great deal of latitude with the storytelling. Well, and, and I hope that includes with the dialogue where people can say really revolutionary shit. So, because that's what's missing. Okay. If I have to watch one more fucking movie or TV show that, that gives me more doses of hopium as in they say, Oh, we give us hope, hope, hope. Holy hell. No, let's talk about specifics of what comes after your, you know, rebellion or whatever the fuck wins. Let's talk about what that's going to look like. You know, let let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of ideology. Fuck hope right in the ass. Anyway. Moving along, <laughs> I hope, you know, <laughs> there, there I go. I, I start saying it, but really, uh, my greatest desire is that you get the chance to, you know, that you're not going to get held down dialogue wise. Okay. So, reading on, quote, as noted in the announcement, this is a reboot from the ground up rather than a continuation for several reasons. Uh, Heraclitus wrote that, <laughs> Heraclitus uh, wrote that. Quote, you cannot step in the same river twice, for the river has changed and you have changed. End quote, Straczynski continued quote, In the years since B5, I've done a ton of other TV shows and movies, adding an equal number of tools to my toolbox, all of which I can bring to bear on one singular question. If I were creating Babylon 5 today for the first time, knowing what I now know as a writer, what would it look like? How would it use all the story t- storytelling tools and technological resources available in 2021 that were not on hand then? How can it be used to reflect the world in which? which we live and the questions we are asking and confronting every day. End quote. He then touched upon how the series is often cited for how prescient it's been in regards to the state of our current world. Stanley and I would agree with that reading on and noted that he'd like to do that with the future, which is part of the allure of not simply rebooting what fans already know and have watched. Uh, so you see, here's where that term reboot, what the fuck does that mean? They're using the term now for rebooting to mean you continue from the original canon. I hate, God, I hate these terms reading on quote. Here's a quote from Joe. Uh, there would be no fun and no surprises if, if he just, you know, went from what was there before, as he says, so better way to go the way of Westworld or Battlestar Galactica, where you take the original elements that are evergreens and put them in a blender with a ton of new challenging ideas to create something fresh yet familiar and quote. Okay. So now someone actually, a great listener in the telegram, in the Sovereign Tech telegram group when that specific, I think it was a tweet came out about mentioning Westworld and Battlestar Galactica uh, said, it's like he said, it's almost like Joe's, Joe's trolling you there, Stallion, <laughs> Because as I've made clear in this episode, and as I've made clear throughout the entire run of Sovereign Tech as a podcast, I despise the new Battlestar Galactica. It is a shit show of epic proportions maybe not as bad as, as Game of Thrones, but it's close. Okay. I mean, those are easily two of the worst shows, um, or undeserving. How about that? Easily two of the most undeserving shows in television history of the, the you know, the cachet that they, that they, they, they get the, you know, the, the adulation that they receive and so on. Um, so, all right you know, better let, let's touch on this better to go the way of Westworld or Battlestar Galactica, where you take the original elements that are evergreen and then put them in, into a blender with a ton of new challenging ideas to create something fresh yet familiar. Um, th- these aren't good examples because Westworld, the TV series, which I've watched and I'm also well aware of the, you know, original movies from the seventies, right? Westworld, future world. Like they're, they're not, they, <laughs> I don't even know what elements you could say they borrowed other than the most abstract of abstractions of, okay, robots in a, you know, like a, a made up, you know, world like theme park world. That's all that they have in common. That's all that they have in common. Battlestar Galactica. You watch the original Battlestar Galactica. Watch the new Battlestar Galactica. They have nothing fucking in common. And I have no problem with you know, with, with a female Starbuck, I think that's dynamite and wonderful. I was supportive of that idea from day one. I think that's fantastic. I am sent. I'm telling you there is n- those two shows have basically nothing in common other than most abstract of abstractions. And that scares me about, you know, if Joe's comparing it to that, that scares me. Okay. Because no, we need more than that. Okay. <laughs> like You made, because here's the thing, like you made such an amazing villain with the shadows, right? And more, you made such an amazing villain. And, you know, that's an area where like, especially with Battlestar Galactica, the villain, like the Cylons of the original series and the Cylons of the new series aren't fucking related at all. I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're really not. OK, I mean, for one, even like their origins are wildly different as to where the Cylons were created by humanity. Right. Um, as to where that was not the case with the original series. And I think they have a much more interesting origin in the original series. Um, uh, you know, no, 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 no. Like these aren't good examples, Joe. They're popular ones. They're going to get people. Yeah, it's going to get the everyday normies fucking excited. Right. But that was the beauty of Babylon 5 is that it wasn't written for the normies. It was written for the dorks. And good god damn it. Because we don't get enough shit. I mean what what, what 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 are we supposed to be happy with what Apple's doing with foundation? Oh give me a break. This isn't confidence building in, in me at all. And, you know I want to I want to I want to I want to take a second here, okay? To address, because before anyone thinks that, oh, Brian's just pissed off, you know, Doc Sovereign's just pissed off here because, um, you know, well, it's going to have like modern liberal agendas or something in Babylon 5 when it when it ends up being a series on CW. OK, anyone who thinks that or anyone who thinks that I would have a problem with that, A, you don't know me. B, you don't know Babylon 5 because Babylon 5, I mean, originally was going to have trans characters, right, with Uh, Delenn was originally going to be like a guy. And then at the end of season one, she was going to transform into a woman. Now that, I mean, they, they kind of changed some of these things. Um, I mean, you had bisexual characters, homosexual characters. Uh, I mean, like Babylon five was a ridiculously liberal show. And I love it for that. It was way ahead of the curve of even anything that Star Trek was doing at the time, even though Star Trek now likes to claim somehow that they were being, you know, like that, that open, uh, you know, at the time, I mean, they they were making attempts. Yes. But amazingly, Warner Brothers was so hands off with the original Babylon five. Joe Straczynski just got some dynamite stuff, you know, like in that. Um, Brilliant. I mean, to this day, I don't know how they got away with fucking putting Londo's cock <laughs> on the table. And I mean that literally he put his cock on the table. One of the six anyway. Incredible. Oh, man, this was just just like just like, you know, and I, I've, I think I've mentioned this in previous like Sovereign at the Movies episodes where like the next generation in Babylon 5. They real both of them really kind of spawned out of MacGyver, okay. And MacGyver, this is another thing where, where, where clearly you you can tell who are MacGyver fans and who who aren't because you get a lot of people, even people that you would consider conservative or I don't know, whatever some alt right, it's just some bullshit like backwards thinking, you know, whatever that that social group happens to be. They love MacGyver. They haven't watched McIver. because <laughs> yes. that was, that was social justice warrior before social justice warrior was remotely a thing. That show was so liberal and ahead of its time in what it was putting out there. Holy hell. It is just abundantly clear that you have never watched that show or you just forgot, or maybe you only watched the first two seasons or something. And that show went seven baby. And Michael Vahar was all over that, right? You know what I'm talking about, Joe? And the trend continued right along, you know, in Babylon 5. No, like, you don't get it. The messages you think that you're getting beaten over the head with in entertainment today were already, if not, you know, explicitly in Babylon 5, were planned to be in Babylon 5 at the time. And, yeah, Next Generation tried to get away with it, too, but Paramount was just too tyrannical about it. And, they, you know, they couldn't get some of those scripts off the ground where they did want to deal with, like, you know, trans rights, uh, you know, homosexuality. And sometimes they got into it, but, you know, the episodes might have not have always landed very well. But anyway, somehow Babylon 5, you know, got got to like front and center a lot of this stuff and and, and kudos and bravo. OK, so I'm not I'm not necessarily worried like about that. What I'm more worried about in this remake, and I didn't want to get into this part of the conversation here, but I'll bring it up quick since, okay, then what are you worried about? What are you sweating stallion? What I am worried about is that not that, well, I certainly hope it doesn't get into like conversations around the pandemic. Actually Babylon five already touched on that too, right? (laughs) Where an entire species, you know, dies off on the station. Because the medical professionals of that species just didn't want to believe, you know, what was going what the reality of the of, of you know the, the the disease that they had, you know, like the genetic issue of it uh you know was going on. And anyway. Was that the markab, right? The, anyway. Um Yeah, I mean there there's some like modern things where I guess I could get a little worried that there could be a lean towards more authoritarianism when Babylon five, you know, maybe its biggest message is that it's anti-authoritarian, right? It's about making your own choice. You know, the difference between chaos and order and being able to choose, you know, within all that, um, I mean, very philosophical show, but that's the, see, that's what worries me is that it'll get dumbed down today is that it won't say anything, you know, or it won't say anything as strongly as it was able to say it in the nineties. That's That's what scares me. And I know that Straczynski is saying, oh, they're giving me maximum creative control. They're giving me this. They're giving me that. I just hope that like his and my mentor, Harlan Ellison, that when the time comes where, you know, maybe the network, maybe Warner Brothers slash the CW pushes too hard and says, no, you can't say that, Joe. He says, then I can't be here. And he walks away. I count on that a lot of times on, on people that I consider heroes and, you know, with people that, that I, I have confidence in and trust. For example, I mean, we mentioned the Oculus quest earlier, right? I was like, okay, you know, as long as John Carmack's still involved with Oculus, I'm going to, I'm going to figure that it's not going to go dystopian because this is a very smart guy and a guy that's just all about having fun. Right. And then what happens? John Carmack leaves. (laughs) The instant he did, I said it right on Sovereign Tech. I said, all right, sell your Oculus, you know, like get, get away from it. It's over. Carmack left. It's done. You know, things are probably going to get bad, even if he can't say it. So if you take my meaning, there's more to get into, but if you take my meaning, what I am really worried about here is not what is going to be said on the show or get presented on the show, but what can't be said or presented on the show that's what i'm worried about now let's keep going okay we'll keep reading the 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 siffy wire story here um, of course, Babylon 5 is chock-full of memorable characters with compelling arcs, so it makes sense that fans would want to see their favorites return and for their stories to be continued in the new series. But Straczynski states that it's not an option. Quote, over half of our cast are still stubbornly on the other side of the rim. Uh, how, do you, how do you tell a uh, continuing story of our original Londo without the original Veer? Or Jakar? Or how do you tell Sheridan's story without Delenn? Or the story of B5 without Franklin, Garibaldi, Zack? Now this is, okay, let's stop on that. End quote. This is the part that's really confusing too, because you're, you're essentially saying that like these characters can't go on without the original actors. And I can respect that all the way, but then is not that like an argument against not remaking it? because if the characters can't really be like essentially if you couldn't do an animated series and have someone else do the voice of Delenn while keeping the you know likeness of say, Mira Furlan um then how is it right to have new character like like have totally new actors take over the character like it, that just it doesn't click and i'm with you like andreas Katsulas is as, as jakar irreplaceable irreplaceable That man just had a magic to him. That's just, we're never going to encounter again. So I'm with you on that. But in an animated series, would I be okay with, uh, you know, with with someone else kind of stepping in on it? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, frankly, I would be okay with that. So, but again, in your own words, like that, that, that just doesn't compute. OK, unless you're going to do completely new characters. Like there isn't going to be a Jakar in this show or there isn't going to be a Londo. But then I wonder, like, without Lando and Jakar, is it Babylon 5? I think Babylon 5 fans would say no. Not not exactly, or at least it's not Babylon 5. But that gets to my other point that I wanted to mention with this. This from Straczynski, this again, I say this with respect, but this feels like a false dichotomy okay, I'm with you. You don't want to like, you don't want to do a continuation because you don't have, you know, the, the original actors for Dr. Franklin, for Jakar, for Veer, you know, and so on. But then I'm not asking for that. I, I I would be absolutely happy with a new story in the Babylon five universe, new crew, whatever. I don't care if it's a group of Rangers. I don't care if it's a bunch of Minbari or, you know, or if it's a, you know, something with the earth Alliance or it takes place. Fuck, maybe it's something that takes place during, uh, you know, like at the end of um, uh, like Deconstruction of Falling Stars, you know, all all these different like, you know, go a million years in the future. Let's have that. We've seen it in Babylon 5, what a million years in the future more or less looks like. Let's carry on from there. It'd be dynamite. And with special effects the way they are now, I bet it looked like nothing anybody's ever seen before. My point being that the continuation of the Babylon 5 canon does not have to have the original actors in it. It doesn't have to have the original characters in it. It just doesn't. Okay. Like, yeah, if you're going to have Babylon five and it's taking place during Babylon five, yeah, I can't imagine a show without Jakar Lando. All right. But if it's something that takes place in the far future, but it's in the Babylon five universe, well, of course it's okay that Jakar and Londo weren't there. So I don't like this false dichotomy. It's like, no, we can't do a continuation because these people are dead and, and you know, <laughs> rest in peace, please. Um, but that's a false dichotomy because Babylon 5 fans, I'm sure, would be very happy with, you know, something else. Just be in that universe. And, you know, maybe then the argument would become, well, you know, it was 30 years ago. Um, you know, people don't remember Babylon 5. Wait a minute. But then you're saying even at CW there's fans there. like None of I'm sorry. It just feels like a lot of doublespeak. Like it's, it's controlling the narrative around this. You know, I'm not when, if you, you know, if Straczynski just announced, Hey, there like, say on Patreon said, guess what? There's going to be a new Babylon five, or there's going to be a new TV series in the Babylon five universe. I'd be so fucking excited. I mean, jumping up and down. Okay. I'd be excited and would not be expecting it to have anything to do with the station of Babylon five, but it would have to do with the universe that it inhabits. But I'd be just as excited as if it was like somehow a continuation of Babylon five, if by miracle that could happen. So again, I just, I, 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 that's a false dichotomy. You, You can't say, well, could you imagine us doing a show with these X Y Z without X Y Z people? Yes, I can actually, because it just it would be a show that doesn't have those characters in it, and I'm fine with that. But let's read on. So, and it's not, so here's the rest of the the, the story. And it's not just a matter of characters and storylines. It's also the fact that technology has come so far since Babylon 5 first premiered in 1993. The original show is hailed for how it really pushed the boundaries of how to tell a serialized space set saga set over five seasons. And Straczynski wants to try and recreate that aspect as well. Quote, the original Babylon 5 was ridiculously innovative. The first to use CGI to create ships and characters and among the very first to shoot widescreen with a vigorous 5.1 mix states Straczynski quote, Babylon 5 introduced viewers uh, accustomed to episodic television to the concept of a five-year arc with a pre-planned beginning, middle and end, creating a brand new paradigm for television and storytelling that has subsequently become the norm. Yes, it has. Uh, That tradition for innovation will continue in this new iteration, and I hope to create additional new forms of storytelling that will further push the television medium to the edge of what's possible, end quote. Um, So breaking in on that, uh, great you know, and that five-year arc. Awesome. We will talk more about that. I'm glad that that is going to be a part of it. Okay. Um, I like episodic television fine. And in fact, I really miss it because it, Star Trek hurts without it, in my opinion. Um, I never felt like Star Trek did arcs well, including with these space nine, um, not new information. You've heard me say that before, but, uh, well, anyway, I'm glad that there's going to be that story arc. I hope that we get the whole thing and, you know, Straczynski isn't as stressed out, like he was with the original Babylon five, where every season he was worried that they weren't going to come back, you know, that they were going to get canceled or whatever. I hope there's some kind of like guarantee as to how many seasons this can go at least. But anyway, um, reading on he also made to, uh, made sure to reassure fans that everyone at the CW are supportive and enthusiastic for this project quote they understand the unique position Babylon 5 occupies both in television and with its legions of fans and are doing everything they can to ensure the maximum in creative freedom a new story that will bring in new viewers while honoring all that has come before onward end quote the original Babylon 5 ran for five seasons from 93 to 98 inspiring blah 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 blah. Um, Anyway, let, let me, let me skip ahead on that. Uh, however, the new show will be kicking off with Earth Force officer John Sheridan uh, arrived, which was originally played by Bruce Boxlaner, arriving on Babylon 5 and starting a chain reaction that eventually leads to the launch of an unimaginable conflict with an advanced alien civilization and creates a future Sheridan hadn't envisioned. The series is still in development at this point, though. It sounds like a, like a pilot or series pickup could come sooner rather than later. And I haven't seen any new news on that front, um, since then. So there we go. Uh, you've heard some of my points on this. We've got other things to talk about here. Um, but we have at least some idea of what the new show is going to be now. How do I really feel about this? Okay. Especially with what little we know of what the new show is going to be. How do I really feel about this? Like I've said throughout this entire episode, Joe's the creator, he can do whatever the hell he wants with it. All right. And I live with it. Okay. Am I going to be a fan of it? That of course remains to be seen. Um, when I initially read that it was going to be a reboot and before further details came out from publications and from Joe Straczynski himself, which is the only person really worth listening to on the matter, I thought, Oh, this could actually be really cool. I was, I was, believe it or not, like, okay. So when I first read the news and, and I found out that it was going to be a remake, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Because I've been on the record saying, don't ever remake Babylon five. It's perfection as it is. That statement's still true. It's perfection as it is. Um, and, you know, remaking it and, and letting modern studio heads and everything else get their hands on it is just going to ruin things. And in many ways, I still stand by that statement. Now there's a way that this could have been done that, and could still be done that I think would be exciting. Here's the deal. Those that are longtime Babylon five fans probably know this already. Um, but there obviously in the original Babylon five run and you know, from 93 to 98 in the original Babylon 5, Babylon five run, we started off with a character that being Jeffrey Sinclair, played by Michael O'Hare, who of course met a very tragic end and and I mean the actor himself uh, and for you know mental issues, jo- Joe Straczynski has been you know very open about this uh, in recent years. Um, due to mental issues had to leave the show and that's why they brought in the new character of John Sheridan to, to command Babylon 5 and you know, and the new actor in Bruce Boxlinener, which Yatron. So um, originally, There was an incredibly different story arc planned than the one that we would get, say, part of season three, right? War Without End, where where you find out that spoiler alerts, even though for the new show, I don't think it's going to matter. And apparently nobody wants to watch the old show. That's why we got to remake it today. So I guess it doesn't matter that I tell you. Um, But but spoiler alerts, Sinclair ends up becoming Valen. Okay, like in season, he goes back in time and becomes Valen. Now, I'm saying all this in that there was an original plan for how Babylon 5 was supposed to go. And in fact, Sinclair, I think, was supposed to end up like at the end of this, like there was going to be two series. There was actually going to be two five year arcs. And the second series was going to have more to do with like Sinclair's son, I believe. And that the visions you saw early on in season one and season two. Of in the show of Babylon 5 exploding, like those visions that you know, like like, uh, the Centauri woman would have, and so on. Um, that that would that was actually going to happen at the end of season five, and then that would lead to you know whatever happens within this second Babylon 5 TV series, right? Which I think would follow the son of Sinclair and Delenn because Sinclair and Delenn would get married instead of it anyway. Now, now, Joe Straczynski had what he calls trap doors, where, you know, like if something happens where things can't work out this way within the five year arc, it's OK. The arc will be fine and we'll just go down this path instead. So I would be excited for a remake of Babylon five that is actually the original vision. And maybe that's what we're going to get ultimately. Like, I want to see that show because I believe me, I've thought about all those original ideas that we're aware of, all the original pathways that Babylon five was supposed to go and the original character arcs that there were supposed to be. Um, and even getting like a second series, right. That would have covered a whole other thing. And then at the end of that, we have Sinclair, you know, out there fishing <laughs> right on some planet uh, with the war done and all this jazz. Like I totally watch that. I'd be incredibly excited for that if that's what we were getting. But I don't know what we're getting. And it doesn't help. Like, I think an easy differentiator would have been to like wh- kind of what bothers me with this news is that it's going to be with John Sheridan. Which I find weird, um, like if it was going to give us the original character arc for Jeffrey Sinclair, like if it said, oh, Earth Force officer Jeffrey Sinclair, I would be like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And, I, and I'd be jazzed. And I'm still just hoping that that's ultimately where we're going to get is we're going to get the original vision of, you know, of what Joe had. Because, I mean, that was a, that was Babylon 5 was epic already. But like the original vision was seemed ridiculously epic based on what I know of it. So maybe that's how things are going to be. And if that's how things are going to be great, you know, like I'm there. OK, so I hope you're hearing at this stage of this episode that I am not wholly against this. And that somehow I, I'm not excited. No, I I actually am excited. And I still think that Straczynski's amazing and is even doing, you know, some of his best work today. Uh, so I know he can deliver, right? It it, it all comes down to, are the studio heads going to let him deliver on it? You know, this is not a case where like with new Battlestar Galactica, where some, you know, completely new moron came in and I don't want to say that. I said it, uh, but <laughs> who had no plan, even though he ironically named a movie, the plan for Battlestar Galactica. Give me a fucking break. Um, <laughs> anyway. Like, look, it's no Ron Moore is he's a good writer. Okay. Like uh, he's done some, some phenomenal stuff. The problem is, is that you get every fucking science fiction fan worshiping at his feet and they've never watched Babylon five. To see how it's really done. You know, when you want to do a show like Battlestar Galactica. Or they never bothered to watch the original Battlestar Galactica, which is still one of my top shows. Deal with it. I know what Harlan always said about Glenn Larson. Called him Glenn Larson. I I know. All right. (laughs) Nobody agrees with everybody all the time. and, And, you know, that's a good thing. I'm just saying that I don't like it when people get credit that don't deserve it. That's what I'm saying to you right now. Okay. So but then what I'm also saying here is that this is the rare occasion where the creator is coming back to his creation. Okay. And you know, if he wants to remake it, all right, you know, and, and do I trust him? Yeah, I do trust Joe and I'll be looking for that. for that whistle. (laughs) I'll be looking for that, that canary as, as they would call it, the canary in the, you know, uh, what, like a warrant canary, right. I'll be looking for that canary when he walks away from the show. And then I'm going to know, Oh, they pushed him too far. Anyway. So I I don't even want to say like cautiously optimistic is a fine way of putting, you know, how I'm feeling about this, but I don't even want to say that I am optimistic about how this is going to go. I do not have any expectation whatsoever that this will top the original Babylon five. I have no expectation of that because here's the thing. Perfection. Perfection is, has a definition that belies its implication that belies its application that belies its reality. What do I mean by that? Perfection isn't actually perfect. Perfection is a bunch of imperfections that come together in such a way it, it's an it's emergence right they come together in such a way that it becomes greater than you know the, like like the, the sum of its parts right like it somehow it just it becomes some all these imperfections kind of come together to make something uh, uh, uh you know far greater than yeah than like i said than than its parts it's emergent properties that that bring perfection right Perf- imperfection is perfection I know that's paradoxical. Well, it is. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's untrue. Right. There's no such thing as the perfect system. Okay. <laughs> the perfect system is the one that's, that's imperfect. And those imperfections, like actually, you, you know, well, there is no system, but, or there shouldn't be, but th- that, that, that's getting into a whole other larger ideological, uh, you know, matters. Um, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying is that, there's, you know, people can complain about some of the acting. They can complain about, oh, the effects look so dated for the original Babylon five. They could complain about, you know, like the dialogue, they could complain about something being cheesy or quirky or, you know, whatever else. And all, But all of those elements come together to create something that is just so perfect. Even though, even if you were right, I don't agree with you. Like I, I like the effects, okay. They look dated, but they also give it character and they also create a dramatic difference between, you know, you know, when you're outside of the station, right? Like, and I, and I like that, like it almost works as a narrative tool. Um, you know, people complain about, oh, season five of Babylon five, boy, that was really, you know, that, that stuck, that sucked or season one was slow or whatever, but these are all the things for me Like I can explain actually why those just add to the perfection, why they make the perfection of that original series. Season five was, was like an epilogue that, you know, you always want, like usually the movie ends, the hero is victorious and you have no idea what happens in the aftermath. Season five gave us the aftermath. That's beautiful. Season one is so slow, but it makes everything that happens in season three and four so sweet. Do you see what I mean? You can talk about, you can, you can nitpick on these things. Okay. But as a whole, it's perfection. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know if, if, if the, the modern glossy entertainment allows for actual perfection. Like we lose something in that with CGI today, we can essentially achieve anything. We lose something in, you know, like, and, and here's an example. So 78 Superman, right? One of the greatest movies ever made. 78 Superman. Like all of the visual effects shit that they had to do for Krypton in that. And those were physical, real world, you know, visual effects, right? No CGI. All of that makes for like the character and actually ends up making things look really advanced compared to if you can just whatever you think of in your head, um, you can do with CGI. Uh, You know, that, that you put on the screen because then it just, you know, frankly, it's very human, but you get the future or you get, you know, like, like the, you know, the the space future, you get the, like the alien when we have to come up with things because of the limitations of budget of technology of whatever else, that's where real innovation happens. Innovation comes ironically comes out of limitations and there's certain no real limitations anymore. And because of that, I think we lose a lot of things. We lose a lot of like the, the, you know, the spontaneous, the, again, the innovations, we lose those. And so, you know, I like that, that, that you could say, you know, the CGI in Babylon five is primitive because it, it, it becomes part of the overall story and arc. It really does. Uh, Just like I've talked about before, many, many times with Star Trek. Where, you know, you look at 60 Star Trek, you look at the bridge of the Enterprise and all these buttons and everything. It's like, oh, that, that, that's so outdated, blah, 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 blah. No, because what happens when you watch season four of Enterprise, right? Which came out in the early aughts when you get season four of Enterprise, you know, decades later, um, when they go back in uh, mirror darkly, when they go back, when they find the USS defiant, the constitution class one, and they go on that bridge in comparison to what we've been used to for at that point, for like 20 years on Star Trek television with like the L cars setup and everything else uh, in comparison, suddenly the bridge of the original enterprise looks wildly advanced because it's so different than what we hold in our hands in the 21st century or what we have in front of us in the 21st century. So again, the limitations actually create the innovation. The limitations are what can allow for the futuristic and the alien and that, you know, today that just kind of makes things a little bit boring in my opinion, when you don't have to be like really clever, you know, when, so, you know, I, and look, it's not to say that somehow, you know, our modern movies are inherently bad because of all the CGI effects. No, I'm not saying that at all. Okay. They're not, but I am saying that just because something doesn't have the polished CGI effects of today does not inherently make it, uh, unwatchable or shitty or anything like that. Quite the opposite. It can actually be what sets it apart. It can actually be what makes it brilliant. So I just don't buy this. The original Babylon five is totally fresh. It's perfect. And it's imperfection. Um, and, and this new series. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm re- I'm actually looking forward to it because, because Trusinski involved. If he wasn't, you know, uh, uh, you know, get, get the brown paper bag of shit and light it on fire right on the front porch of the CW, but no Straczynski there. So I'm there. All right. And I, and I'll, and I'll try it out. Um, the CW, I, again, we explained earlier why it's ending up there. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I think that's, that's a ridiculous network to have it on. But again, it's owned by Warner Brothers and they they want their science fiction property. Right. Like, let, let, let's let's talk about what's going on here. Just like TNT in the 90s. I mean, here, like this has been the story of Babylon 5 since the beginning. OK, and Straczynski can, can correct me if he wants. In in the 90s, right, Star Trek was science fiction. Thing was, it had become popular. It wasn't supposed to, but it did. And because it became popular, other uh studios at the time were like well shit what can we do you know what can can we get a piece of this pie the science fiction's a thing just like how everybody was copying star wars in the late 70s early 80s and i think that's why babylon 5 came around in fact i'm pretty sure i've read that in interviews um and then you know but babylon 5 has a has a bit of a rocky ride until it gets to tnt and TNT picks it up because TNT is like, yeah, we want to be a network that's competing and all this stuff. And we want to take on star Trek or whatever. S- same idea. Okay. And I think today, Warner brothers, same exact thing. Warner brothers is like, Oh, all these streaming networks. Well, Disney has star Wars and Paramount has star Trek. And you know, this shithole or you what know, Peacock has Battlestar Galactica, which talk about shit. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't even come out yet. I guarantee you it's shit. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, all they're like, oh, all these places have their franchises. What do we got, boys? We got Babylon 5. What's that? <laughs> you know? No, no, it's actually really good. Like You know, and. <laughs> that, that, like, I think that that's, that's the only reason that this is happening. I, I cannot believe that, I mean, yes, I, like I said earlier, I do believe there are fans at these networks. Okay. But the only reason that this is even getting considered because before 2021 and even early into 20, again, this is the the CW series is Babylon five project B of 2021. There's also project a, which I want to talk about that a little bit more. There's also project a, so project a was happening, but we know that that wasn't big money. Okay. Project B is big money. But you can tell, just go back on Straczynski's like Twitter feed. And anytime somebody asks about Babylon Fiber, I mean, he's, he's just sounds downright depressed about it. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You know, like, I, I mean, he just kept going until somebody dies. I think he even said once in a tweet. So, <laughs> so what do you think did happen here? How did this suddenly change? This is why it changed. It's the fucking streaming wars. Do we get to win out of this? Maybe, maybe. Should it have been on HBO max? It probably will be right. Because that's part Warner brothers as well. But maybe HBO max isn't performing as well as Warner brothers would like. Who knows? We never get the numbers from these streaming services now. So, I mean, that's why I think that this is happening. Um, maybe they're looking at, well, you know, Disney tried to do a continuation CBS tried to do or CBS/Paramount tried to do a continuation and both of those are getting, you know, really negative fan reaction. So, we're not going to do a continuation. Let's let's do, you know, a remake or whatever. Um again, the difference between, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek and Babylon 5 is that Star Wars and Star Trek are no longer helmed by their creators or even people who were successors to the creators, right? Not really. You know, like if Rick Berman or Brannon or, you know, pick your names, uh, we're running Star Trek. Now it would look very different for one. Um, but you know, maybe then we would have all felt a little bit different about it. That's, that's why we were excited when was Brian Fuller, right. Was going to be originally running Star Trek discovery, but then he got ousted in two episodes. So of course we knew it was going to go, it's going to become a shit show because clearly CBS slash Paramount wasn't interested in making real Star Trek. Anyway, Star Wars, you know, I mean, The sequel trilogy speaks for itself. So Warner Brothers says, well, Babylon 5, no, let's just restart it. That way, you know, we're not beholden to things, but you're still going to get beholden to things. You're still going to get people complaining. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see the people that complain about this. You know, if they start complaining about like, quote unquote, liberal messages, whatever the fuck that means. If people start complaining about that or, or like trans characters or whatever else online, they don't know shit about Babylon 5, bottom line. You know, so it'll be easy to call them out um, and say that, you know, all right, they're just, they're just being assholes. Or if you get people complaining about, I don't know, you know, you know gay characters or anything like that. Well, again, they don't know Babylon five or they weren't paying attention. So fuck them. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm all for it. Trans gay characters in, in, in Babylon five. They were at least supposed to be, or were originally already there. Let's have them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I have no problem with this. Okay. I mean, I'll admit I'm a little worried that, you know, what they're going to want Babylon 5 to concentrate on. I mean, because like even, you know, just look at the story of Crusade, right? Crusade was all about a plague that the Drock you know, dropped on the planet that was going to wipe out everybody on Earth. I mean, the idea of like like viral warfare, as it were, is totally commonplace or viral concerns or, you know, you know disease and all this other stuff is is, is like in the DNA, no pun intended, in the DNA of Babylon 5. Um, I'm just worried that it's going to get treated like, you know, again, in an authoritarian fashion. Okay, not that I'm an anti I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm a big believer in vaccines. I might be concerned about present experimental, uh, you know, injections, but I'm fully supportive of vaccines. Vaccines are wonderful innovations. You can't call me an anti-vaxxer. Okay, you can call me a cautious person over experimental shit, but can't call me anti-vaxxer. Um, so hopefully, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know, or maybe they will. And maybe, maybe like president Clark is going to, you know, demand that, that all, all military and federal employees take a vaccine and maybe Joe will write on the side of, Hey, no, you know, you should have a choice as to whether or not you want to wear a mask. Like it's okay to wear a mask, but it should be personal choice or it's okay to get vaccinated, but it should be personal choice. Maybe that's what Nightwatch will be about, about this time around. I don't know. Okay. And again, I'm not against people wearing masks. I think it's fine and anything. I just don't agree with like federal legislation ever. I mean, you, you want to get a booster from Pfizer every year and have their stocks go up, you know, significantly for the rest of your life. Go ahead. I, I'm not going to tell you what to put into your body. Do it. Just also, please don't tell me what to put in my body. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> where that where that's going to land. Um, but the, the, the Babylon 5 universe, the evergreen parts, are certainly rife with, uh, you know, potential to discuss that. So we'll see um, what happens. Uh, I mean, wow, you know, like Crusade could be such a big deal of a show right now, right? You know, I mean, look what happened. Like Earth Force said, oh, nobody can leave Earth. <laughs> and they're like shooting ships down, you know. <laughs> Talk about prescient. Holy shit. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, but overall, like, okay, you know, I'll share in Joe's excitement and I'm glad that Joe's getting a paycheck like this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm totally supportive of that in the very least. Uh, but yeah, I am worried again. I'm not worried about what he's going to say. Well, maybe a little, but overall I'm more worried about what he's not going to be allowed to say like that there's going to be distances that he can't go because I think that, you know, a lot of people are asking questions these days around authoritarianism and you know, it's, It's great if there can be somewhere in fiction, especially that can actually question that shit. And Babylon five is, does that at its best, it is anti-authoritarianism at its best. Let's see it. It is anti ultimately anti-war at its best. Right. See, I mean, oh, but you hated season five. No season five was great when Sheridan's like, no, 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 no. Like, like once we go to war, we're, we've already lost. And, you know, Sheridan's like, no, we're not going to do a war. And then but then he has that big speech where he gets pissed off and says, fine, you want a war, you're going to fucking get one. Right. And but, you know, having that where like, no, we we don't. This isn't how we want to do things, you know, and having that message over and over again, even if, you know, conflict happens to make for great television still happens at least someone says that's not the answer i hope we get more of that i really do so and and also like i said if this is a show that's going to go with more of the original plan for babylon 5 oh this is going to be awesome this is going to be a great time i'm there and if they're planning for a larger franchise fuck yes like give it to me if you're going with more of the original plan and, you know, because that original plan again was like a 10 year show, not a five year show. So absolutely. We'll see. Um, that that's all we can really say right now. And you know, the other important thing to bring up again, is that this might not go forward. This could drop the pilot might suck. And CW said, uh, I don't believe it. Cause I know how good Joe is. Even to this day, just watch sense eight. Um, or again, read his comics, but, you know, they might, they might think that it sucks and they, they won't go, they won't continue or they might bring in somebody else. And then we're going to know for sure that we're not watching Babylon five, right. With, with, without Straczynski running it. And I don't mean executive producer. I mean, he needs to be running the damn thing, running, writing. Now Babylon five project a that we discussed earlier, I hope that this is something that's still going to go forward. Uh, I hate to say hope, but I said it, um, you know, my, My desire is for it to be something that does work with the original continuity. Uh, Frankly, and this is like an option three, sort of like the, the Kelvin timeline for star Trek. If we're going to get, if like project a is somehow going to like pull off a 2009 star Trek, where like the universe, you, you end up in an alternate universe and this Babylon five is part of that alternate universe, but the original Babylon five universe still like coexists with it. I think that'd be really cool. That's a smart way to go. Okay. And all you got to do is have Bruce Boxlander be in the pilot, right? You know, really to, to, to make, to make that connection. Um, I'd be supportive of that as well. I want to make sure that got out there. Uh, but I'm really excited to hear what this other B five project is that has been planned and worked on since February, at least of 2021, much long before, the CW show was, was in mind. And I hope nothing's getting in the way of that. Uh, because I liked seeing the pictures of the cast smiling and having a good time and them getting paid as well. Uh, I am all for those actors being in this series, even if they're not the original characters, frankly, because they're great actors and they deserve a paycheck for that alone, but also because it's just great to see, you know, family again, right? That's how it feels. So I'm optimistic overall. Um, I have my concerns. I've expressed them. And I think they're legitimate concerns and I haven't heard them uh, uh, addressed. Uh, I don't like, again, also the false dichotomy of that somehow the only option of what we could have with Babylon five. It's like we either have the, the original actors alive or we we have to reboot the show. Like, no, there there is another there is a third way. Right. Understanding is a three edged sword. There is a third way, okay, of where you could have just continued the universe. You don't have to continue Babylon five itself, the station or anything. You know, people, maybe they feel like that with Legend of the Rangers, that didn't work out. Yeah, but it was the sci fi channel. It was Siffy. They suck. Not Babylon five. Anyway, (laughs) all right, that's it. I've been talking for almost two hours here, so I want to wrap this one up, but it was an important conversation to have. Uh, This may go nowhere again, and, but hopefully, you know, the, 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 Babylon the b5a project was already paid and production done for so we expect that to or you know done so that should come out and uh certainly when that news drops I'll be talking about it in the telegram group and I will be getting behind the mic to bring the news and my thoughts uh to you because yeah Babylon 5 is a big fucking deal to me uh again it is the greatest show ever made um will I say that about the next one you know I mean, like, let's be honest. Like I said, Voltron did pretty good. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, I will see all of you. More Sovereign Tech to come out. Uh, but I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Maybe the other side.